Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gens & Associates podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Young-Iot, consultant and analyst for Gens & Associates. In this episode, I will be speaking with no other than our one and only Steve Gens about the industry standards study that really launched it all for us, our world-class room research. Hi, Steve. I'm so happy that you are here to join me in the recording session today as we're starting to really kick off our World Classroom 2024. I always like to have my guests give a quick self-introduction, and I know you're the founder of the firm and all, but we do often have new listeners. So, Steve, why don't you do your welcome, tell um, new listeners who you are, and also if you can share a bit about how the World Classroom research started out. Thanks, uh, Catherine, uh, very much. For those that uh, don't know me, it's Steve Gens here, a little over 35 years uh, with life science experience. Um, Before I started the firm in 2005, I uh, did work in industry for about a decade in Johnson & Johnson and Janssen specifically, Um, then had some experiences in consulting, both with First Consulting Group and later with Booz Allen Hamilton, where I uh, ran some global healthcare practices. Um, Shortly after starting the firm in 2005, we started our first regulatory uh, benchmarks, and they were more focused on ECTD adoption, um, enterprise content management, uh, the beginning of collaboration uh, software. Uh, So that was the topic of the day. Um, In 2013, we knew things were changing or going to be changing pretty radically in uh, regulatory. So we did our first RIM study in 2013, long before RIM was even a term. And uh, the focus or the question we're trying to answer, and we knew the answer, you know, is RIM a corporate asset? You know, fast forward uh, 10 years, uh, you know, later, and uh, RIM is a corporate asset, just like ERP, safety, uh, finance. So that was the uh, the start of it. Um, as we explored it a little bit uh, deeper in 2015, what we decided to do, because we always do peer analysis, as you know, in our studies, but that wasn't good enough. So there was no standard in regulatory. So in 2015, we had about 35 organizations. These are sponsors. Um, on the biopharmaceutical, medtech, consumer sides, the large, the mid-tier, the small, uh, different geographies of the world, and answer two basic question. Um, what would be considered world-class in the management of all this vital regulatory information? And more importantly, how do we measure it? So that kicked off the world-class series starting in 2016 and you know the big study we do every uh, two years since. Great. Um, That's such good information. And, you know, let's kind of get into some of the details, right? And let's start from the beginning. One of the things that stands out to me the most about this study is our design process. I really love that it's, um, it's a gathering of minds from our research community, which consists of all these companies across the life sciences industry. And what we're asking them is, what would you like to learn from a study like this? Could you share with the audience why we do this and what our goals are as a research firm, which is just one arm of our firm, but it's such a vital part of our organization, given the value it adds to our clients through our consulting work? Oh, absolutely. And and as you know, Catherine, this is some of the favorite work that I personally (laughs) like doing when it's design session time and really excited uh, to get back in person uh, this fall. So in 2014, we started this formal process of, like you said, getting the different eyeballs and brains from around the globe, uh, different companies, because it's the diversity of thinking. Uh, we always try to have a very strong draft, you know, going into these um, and kind of internally, as you know, we call it the gauntlet. 
because um, it really gives different perspectives. Um, and ultimately, it's learning goals. So there hasn't been one survey uh, that hasn't changed, you know, going through this process. And we really, you know, have formalized this over the last, you know, eight years where we have different locations around the, uh, the globe. Uh, certainly our members um, are always uh, welcome to the table. And there's just some other great critical thinkers that we really enjoy having part of this process. So it really informs, I think, a few things. Um, is there certain questions um, that we're not learning or not of interest anymore? Because when we prune them, we add space for new questions. Uh, that's the second big part. Is there other things we should uh, you know, be throwing into the survey? And sometimes just some of the questions we have, we make a little tweaks to them. Uh, so the, uh, the question either makes more sense or we get stronger data. So uh, it's a great process. I know all the uh, different colleagues from around the globe that are part of this, and it's usually 30 plus uh, sponsors. And you know, starting four, six years ago, we, we added the service and software providers, as you know. So it just strengthens the, uh, the survey and it's great collaboration. You know, people are able to uh, network with uh, different uh, peers that have similar interests. Yeah, it's 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 really fun, like you like you mentioned, and um, and I guess I'm always surprised because I feel like we have multiple design sessions, and sometimes we go through and we're like, oh, now this is the strong version, and then we come out of the next one, and then we you know we we keep um we keep changing it based on sort of this collective thinking. But actually, let me let's talk a little bit about the fun design sessions we have planned. Um, I know that we were just together in Baltimore last week talking about you know being on location in location again um, since you know the pandemic kind of halted that for the last few years. Um, where are we going to be this year? Um, and then I think it might be really useful for our new listeners to hear about what kinds of companies participate and the people from those companies um, who attend these sessions. Yeah, so let me uh, start out with that, like who tends to participate, because we uh, what we ask is just two, two colleagues from uh, each, uh, each sponsor, and they tend to be one on the regulatory affairs or operations side, and uh, one on the IT side. Now, you know, sometimes there's two from the business side and IT isn't represented uh, or vice versa. And it's the uh, large multinationals, it's the mid-tier, the small, and, and certainly the very small, those companies that are in the clinical stage and maybe just having the first product on the market or they might have one or two and they're in that early scale stage because, you know, as we know, the size of company makes a very big difference. Uh, we've always had our in-person design sessions here in the States and in Europe um, and have uh, sometimes, and, and certainly this year, some virtual sessions uh, for uh, those uh, that are headquartered uh, in Asia, Asia PAC. So we always start out in Lambertville, New Jersey. Um, so it'll either be Lambertville or across the river there in uh, New Hope to get us started for a lot of the, uh, the folks in the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic area. That's always a strong one. Uh, secondly, we take the show to Boston, which, uh, you know, in the last six to eight years, just the growth of the biopharmaceutical and research sectors there. So that's always a, a really good one. Then we polled our members because typically we will have two locations in Europe and we have found Copenhagen works very well uh, for those, you know, in the Scandinavia or North Germany uh, or North uh, Europe, excuse me. Um, and then we're looking at Switzerland and we added a third, as you know. 
Um, and that was the number one location in the, uh, the greater London area. So we're working on, you know, getting specific locations. And we have a history of asking a lot of our uh, companies that participate over the years in the survey, if they tend to be part of our membership, if they would like to host. So uh, that just means they have a really nice conference room breakout. And then uh, we treat everybody the night before to a nice, uh, you know, dinner. So, so that's two in the East Coast, three in Europe, and then we come back and do Chicago, and then San Francisco with you know one or two virtual sessions depending upon uh, the status in Asia Pack and also our uh, colleagues on the uh, provider side. But it's uh, um, they're a lot of fun, as you know, and we try to limit the uh, the sessions to we found the magic number of sixteen. Uh, where we'll have some breakout groups. That's the sense of intimacy and every voice is uh, heard. Um, some companies that regularly participate in this design session, uh, their two representatives will work with people inside their company just to get the collective feedback of the organization and represent that organization well. But, you know, as you know, they're fun. The day goes very quick. Um, and just the, the survey uh, gets improved substantially. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So moving on, let's talk a little bit about the actual survey and what we're known for researching. So let me preface this part of the conversation by saying that we're recording a podcast in the next um, few weeks focused on the focused on the basics of World Classroom, which I've been playfully referring it to as uh, the World Classroom 101. Mm -hmm. That episode will go into what's actually involved when companies participate, such as the enrollment process, um, you know, who will be answering the questions from the companies, how long it takes, et cetera, et cetera. So we won't talk about that today. But for this conversation, Steve, I think our listeners would want to know a bit more about the general sections of the study, perhaps. Um, could you speak about the sections, but tell us how they might be evolving this cycle and why? What should companies care about learning? Yeah, so this is an interesting you know, cycle because we always tweak it, um, but we're looking to make some pretty, pretty major changes because things are changing drastically out there. So there's a few sections that are, you know, pretty much the same, but with these small, you know, tweaks. We always have the demographics. They've been locked. And for people that are not familiar with our studies, there's just a lot of ways we can sort the data. And it's through the demographics. It's like a Rubik's Cube uh, on that. So we have, you know, size of company, number of products, number of markets marketed. You know, if you're a device, you know, uh, company, there's a series of dem uh, demographic questions for you. The first section, um, and this is the one that constantly involves, as you know, is more focused on the organization. There's just some basic questions about organization size, distribution um, of uh, uh, regulatory uh, resources at the local affiliate, the regional, if you're a device company, design centers, corporate, because uh, size of company and uh, actually types of product, th those are constantly changing and shifting. But what we've uh, really looked into the last couple of years, and I think when you first started, uh, Catherine, is culture matters. Um, so we're starting to get pretty sophisticated about the cultural aspects, along with the structural aspects of the organization. Um, also, a lot of end-to-end -end process uh, work, not only within the regulatory, but cross-functional. Um, and the changing roles, and I think this is probably one of the areas that's going to be uh, really interesting this cycle, you know, the changing remit of uh, reg ops slash business excellence, um, the evolution of regulatory, everybody's working on GRA excellence, um, you know, maximizing the workforce value. So we want to capture that. 
And then we get into the series, those 11 world-class room questions, which are uh, pretty locked, except uh, you know we experiment as we get more sophisticated with industry and industry uh, is starting to get more mature on business metrics. Not so much the compliance metrics, uh, but business metrics such as uh, cycle time, you know, volume for resourcing, uh, those types of quality metrics, those types of areas. Um, so our world-class, the other aspects of the other uh, world-class questions get into efficiency, you know, process efficiency, the uh, global reach, uh, the economics, you know, of uh, all these investments that are being made. And finally, um, and the highest weighted area is the uh, quality level of all the data documents, you know, so we call it the data, data quality confidence uh, level. So um, the areas that are going to be uh, changing quite a bit, you know, we have Kelly Nat's section that focus uh, has previously focused on structured data submissions. A lot of it is the IDMP score and other areas, um, you know, with the uh, EMA changing direction, you know, a lot of those strategies uh, are changing rather dramatically. Uh, the FDA, Swiss Medic, other areas, their view on IDMP, PQCMC. So there's, you know, some things where we're going to revamp that section and also focus more hand in hand on regulatory digitization and really what does that mean? Because it's an interesting term. Everybody's using it now, but it's kind of like six or seven years ago, everybody said the word innovation. It's like, well, what does that mean? So we're going to start interrogating this uh, regulatory digitization. So that's a brand new uh, area. And then also uh, the, some of the things in the uh, provider section, we're going to combine the service and software provider sections. But a lot of the uh, information that people rely on us for as far as uh, market share, uh, customer satisfaction, who's trending up, who's not trending up. Uh, we have the innovation uh, perceptions. Uh, the most likely use cases for advanced technology, um, and then a lot of the base capabilities as far as, you know, who do you have for registration, publishing, document management, design history. We're probably going to throw PLM in this year and certainly can never forget about the uh, labeling, uh, labeling management. So there's a complete and thorough you know, review both on the service and software side of the uh, you know, providers. Um, and that's it for right now. But uh, like you've experienced, we go through these design sessions and people will raise their hand. Have you thought about investigating this? And, you know, you know the process. It's like, well, that's a really good idea. So we'll test it in other design sessions. And if it holds up, you know, we'll throw that in too. So it, it's all about community learning. Yes, absolutely. I, I love the ones that sort of just pop up by surprise, right? Because we think about this so intently. And sometimes when something comes up and it's so obvious, you know, like, why why didn't we think about that? Um, so yeah. I think, you know, in the end, it'll be a very informative report regardless. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so see, this has been super great picking your brain a bit about what we're planning for the fall and prepping for uh, World Class from 2024. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with me and our listeners. Um, before I wrap up and give some information on how everyone can sort of find um, to learn a little bit more or find more information, do you have any closing remarks or comments? Um, well, you know, there's obviously the uh, the website is up and uh, ready. We're going to start, uh, you know, the enrollment process actually early this year because uh, last cycle we had, I believe, 76 companies, you know, in a really nice distribution, you know, with the top 50, the smaller tier and the very small tier, you know, those are growing substantially. 
So we would love to, you know, get into the 80s and 90s. And I really think with a lot of our members and as everybody really knows and understands the value of the survey, you know, we should be breaching the, uh, you know, over 100, you know, company mark, which is, is just going to be insane. But, uh, but we do this, you know, like the mission of the company, everybody gets better. So this, this is our major contribution. We love to do it. And uh, more people that, you know, participate, the stronger the data and the learning for everybody. So it, it's just a win-win situation. Yeah, and I think we're going to be on location in a couple of them. Um, I know that we're at a conference in Austin in September. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see some of our um, community members there to sign up and enroll and everything. Um, but our colleague, Corey Workman, will actually be communicating with current members in our community about design sessions, enrollments, and we have a whole schedule of events related to World Classroom 2024. So for general information and or to become part of our research community, if you're not, um, like Steve said, we have a website. You can go visit it. That one's up for enrollment as well. Um, or you can just reach out and we'll be happy to engage with you. There is an upcoming podcast focused on World Classroom 101 that I mentioned earlier, which are the basics of participation, and we'll answer all your questions about what's involved with being part of the study. So stay tuned for that, and if you are new to this study, we hope we'll be able to really pique your interest and you'll consider becoming part of this industry study um, or this industry standard. I, I hope you everybody has a lovely week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, Steve. Until next time, cheers. <music>